Happy New Year to all of you Nationals fans out there and wherever you may be listening. Because, guys, last year was rock bottom for the Washington Nationals. And it is time to flip the page and move forward because it's not going to get any worse than last year. And I have some little news and notes to discuss. But I also want to get into how the Nationals can flip this page and turn this ship back around into what they want to be as guys this is a pretty big year of development ahead for the nationals they hold the number two overall pick there's a lot of important things to come out of it so i'm going to preview the 2023 year after this you are locked on nationals your daily washington nationals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day And I'm your host, Ryan Clary of the Locked On Nationals podcast. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I have taken my passion for talking a lot and as well as following Nationals baseball in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. And guys, let's get into it. We already know this. 2022 was the worst year in the history of the Washington Nationals. Not the Montreal Expos. I'm not going to include them in this. This is strictly for Washington, D.C. baseball fans. Because, guys, when you lose 100, 107 games, just a few years after winning the World Series, in the same year that you trade away Juan Soto, just a year removed after you trade away Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, you still have Steven Strasburg on a contract, Patrick Corbin. That year, last year, we flipped the page. It's over with. We are now done with 2022. But then again, I want to get into why this really crapped out on us. How did 2022 get so out of hand for the Washington Nationals in here? Here is my reason why, guys. I've said this and I'll say it again. This Washington Nationals team, yes, I do blame the learners for a lot of what they do, especially when it comes to spending their money. They don't spend it wisely. And when they do, they hand out bad deals like Steven Strasburg's contract, Patrick Corbin's contract. And then now, what are they spending? Nothing. But that's not it. What I say from the gun, from the get-go, is that the Washington Nationals were in that position this past year because the lack of depth and development in the Nationals farm system, which starts with President of Baseball Operations, Mike Rizzo. Let's be honest. You need guys to fill those positions around to where you spend on guys like Patrick Corbin, like Steven Strasburg, whoever it may be, Josh Bell, name it. If you're going to be spending on guys, you have to fill the pieces around them. And how do you fill out that puzzle without just handing out blank checks like we're the Dodgers or like we're the Braves? And it's filling it with prospects. And prospects are so important to an organization because, one, they're cheap. And, two, if they're good, 
they're going to be way outplaying their deals. Way so. They are much cheaper, easier to develop, and they're younger, brighter, and it is what it is. And with the Nationals, you saw this last year. We didn't really have much coming up in a bad year, and it got worse. You saw guys like Evan Lee come up, and, you know, people talk about Evan Lee like, like, hey, he's a top 30 prospect in this organization. But then again, he wasn't really meant to be a top 30 prospect in baseball. He just was because the lack of depth that we had in the farm system from years and years and years of just really missing and whiffing in the draft. Because, guys, when you look at it, when was the last time Mike Rizzo hit a pick in the first round? And I say this a lot. And I'll say it again. It's Lucas Giolito. And even then, he struggled the last few years with the Chicago White Sox. So when you look at it and you put all these things together and try to play a little blame pie as far as 2022 goes, I think about 50% of that chunk would be allocated to the Nationals not having depth in their farm system. Therefore, we weren't developing the guys properly. We missed on a lot of first-round picks. We missed on a lot of talent, a lot of high-ceiling, low-floor guys, and we got the bad end of those deals with the low floor. Because the first-round picks, we haven't hit one since 2014, 2013 even. And that's an issue. That's a big issue for a team that needed a lot of talent, that needed a surplus of talent to fill around Juan Soto, to fill around the pitching staff at 2019. Because we knew we weren't going to be able to sign Rendon and Strasburg after that 2019 season. You knew Max Scherzer was going to be a free agent in 2021, and no chance in hell would we have given him the AAV that Steve Cohen and the New York Mets did. No chance we would have. So he would have been gone as well. And so to fill all those holes, farm system, farm system, farm system. That's where it starts. And that's really more important than spending in free agency in my mind. If you can fill those holes and have guys play for cheap on rookie contracts, then that's the way to go. That's the way that you want to be. And then you spend on guys to fill the extra holes that you can't with the farm prospects that you have already in hand and that's the most important part to me was that we didn't fill those we haven't been able to develop those guys not in the international market not in the draft name it we haven't developed well it is what it is but then again I try to balance this in both ways yes the learners could have spent to put guys around Juan Soto over the next few years they could have spent a little more they could have spent on pitching Yes, Mike Rizzo could have hit some more of these draft picks. But then again, this rebuild was almost inevitable for me. We saw this coming. Ten years of trading away prospects to try to stay competitive in a tough NL East, in a tough National League. Yes, we did that for almost a decade. And that's not cheap. There's going to be a price to pay at some point, and the Nationals paid that price last year. That's the tax for winning a World Series, for having a great, solid eight-year run the way that the Washington Nationals did. So there is a tax in that. And so last year, we hit rock bottom. We tanked. We now have the second overall pick going into this year's draft. 
And guess what? That second round, second overall pick is going to be used to add another impact player to this farm system for the next run in the future, whenever that may be. 2024, 2025, that's what I project right now. But then again, last year needed to happen. It just did. Teams need to hit rock bottom. That's when they look themselves in the mirror, as I was talking about last show. They're going to look themselves in the mirror. They're going to be honest with what they did wrong, and they're going to fix those mistakes. Let's see. We realized we have no depth in the farm system. So what do we do? We made one of the craziest trades in MLB history, trading away Juan Soto and getting that massive package in return. We tanked. You got the number two overall pick in this year's draft with a solid top two prospects with Dylan Cruz from LSU and Chase Dollander from Tennessee. I'm going to have more on that later today because I heard something that's really spicy on Chase Dollander that you will want to hear at the end of today's show. But then again, just to put a bow on this, tanking last year needed to happen. Not only did the Nationals replenish the farm system by trading away Juan Soto and Josh Bell, but they're also hiring a ton of analytical guys or gals into the organization to help fix that issue as well, to try and better develop guys, just see all the different numbers and all the different math equations that I don't know. But there's professionals out there and organizations that use it day in and day out, and that's how they do things. And guess what? Those teams doing that are kind of at the forefront of baseball right now. The Atlanta Braves, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Houston Astros, the New York Yankees, those teams. Those are the analytical-driven teams that have put that at the forefront of what they do every single day. And there is no question about it. Not a single one. So those teams, that's why they're there. And that's why the Nationals were here this past year. But now, like I was saying, they looked themselves in the mirror. They saw that pimple by their lip. And they're putting a little ointment by it. They're going to be fixing that thing up. And this team will be even better from what they did this last year. They found out their weaknesses And now they're attacking them and really fixing them. And I truly believe that we're not going to have another 107 loss year this upcoming season for the Nationals. Not saying we're going to have a winning record, as I've said that plenty of times. But we won't be as bad as last year. And that is a guarantee in my mind. But now I want to preview 2023 as, guys, let's be honest. I think we could be decent-ish next year. But then again, we need to preview 2023 for what it is and really just kind of dig into some goals or New Year's resolutions. But I don't want to say New Year's resolutions. Everyone says resolutions. I'm more of a goal guy. Set a goal, write it on a piece of paper, and that's how we do it here. So I'm going to get into that after I tell you guys about my friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season and basketball and of course college basketball which is getting in the peak right now we've got it all on betonline.net and guys here's what i do i'm no professional better 
but I do like to spend a little money and watch these games for a little entertainment, you know? Just adds a little more fun to it. So I look up the best bets from Bet Online, and they tell me what I need to bet, what I can do to be the most successful at it, and it's really easy, guys. You just look up betonline.net, and they have all the news and notes and numbers that you need for your bet. And, guys, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. And now we start to lay the groundwork for the Washington Nationals 2023 season as we do have a little bit of goals here. And obviously, let's get started with the glaring goal that we have. The learners need to find a way to sell the team. They need to find a way to talk about some of the different things to where they can do to add more revenue into this organization if they aren't going to sell. Because I said it last show, I don't think the learners are going to sell at this point. I don't think they're going to sell unless they get the number that they have in their head that they believe that the Nationals are worth for. And if a team's not going to come, or with the ownership group, if they won't come up with that number, they're going to stay put on this team. Because at the end of the day, owning a team like in the MLB is still a cash cow. You're still going to be profiting millions upon millions of dollars, if not billions. I don't know. And guys, you don't think from in the past when the Nationals were rumored to sell their sponsorship deal for Nationals Park, which is still Nationals Park. You don't know why it's still Nationals Park. It's because they didn't have the number of what they wanted in their head. The learners are business people. They get it. They get it when it comes to business. They're not going to sell a dollar short for something they believe is a dollar more worth it. That's just the way they do business, the way they've always done business. So what's not to believe that we sit here today and they aren't getting the offer that they thought they could be getting? And reason number why is to why that is, say it with me, the four-letter network that's not ESPN, and it's Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, a.k.a. Masson. That is why. That is what's holding them back right now from selling the team. It's obvious. You and I both see this. We're looking on paper. We see what the learners do. We see the power that they have. They're not going to sell until that is fixed. And let's be honest. We've heard nothing about that. I don't think it's going to change. I don't think it will change, unfortunately. And that sucks. But then again, how can they get this solved? Can they get this solved? Might be the better question. Because I don't know how they can get this solved as the MLB has stepped in and to fight this legal battle as well. And what's come out from it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So we'll see what we can do after that. But then again, I'm sticking with my guns and I think the learners will not be selling this year. Now, I want to get into more some on-field stuff as well, but thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Locked On MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And now back into what? Some more on-field issues. I've talked about 
the signing of Trevor Williams. And for the record, I'm a fan of it. I think Trevor Williams is a very good pitcher. But then again, you guys have heard me talk about this. I think he is a role pitcher. I don't think he's a starting pitcher. I don't think he's someone that you should be throwing out there every five days and expect five to six innings from him. Because that's what not that's not what his career has been. His career has been kind of a guy as a fireman, as what I call. A starting pitcher blows up, he comes in, he eats a few innings, and does a great job at it. He can make a spot serve. He's an extinguisher, the fireman. He comes in when the fire is hot, and he's going to blow it all down. And so, so I can tell you, we do have a fire starter on this team, and that's Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin, as you know, has a massive contract still with the Washington Nationals, and we haven't been able to get much out of the guy. Let's be honest. Here's what I have for those two. I want to see Patrick Corbin as an opener for the Washington Nationals in 2023. Give this guy one, two, three innings at most. Have him get through the road, through the batting lineup one to two times at most. He will never see a hitter for a third time, and here's why. You're going to put Trevor Williams in the game whenever Patrick Corbin decides that that's enough for me today. Because if you look at it, his first few innings aren't terrible on paper. He really just gets blown up once he reaches the third time in that order. They start to catch on to his slider, his breaking pitch, his fastball starts to hang. And guys, we all know what happens there. They hit bombs off the guy. So right now, what I want to see is Trevor Williams coming for relief for an opener like Patrick Corbin and utilize Patrick Corbin's strengths and as well as Trevor Williams' strengths. Now, we're not going to see that to start the year. You're going to see Trevor Williams as a starter. And if he's good as a starter, let's ride with him. He's got the hot hand. Let's do it. We signed him. He's our marquee signing this offseason. Got to give the guy a chance. So he's going to get his chance. But then again, I don't see it working out to favor too much. So I want to see him be the fireman for Patrick Corbin after a one to three inning stint as a starter. Have Trevor Williams go three to four innings after that and kind of be the fireman out of the bullpen and have some spot starts here and there. Because I think that's what his strength truly is. And plus, I want to see guys like Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Cade Cavalli really develop in the major leagues. And maybe, you know, Yoan Adone, maybe. Maybe he comes back. Who knows? But I want to see the younger guys get their true opportunity to start in the major leagues, but that's not just it. We still got other things to talk about with Steven Strasburg. Where does his season or career even lie ahead from here? What can we expect from Steven Strasburg moving forward? Because guys, no one wishes an injury on anyone, obviously. Steven Strasburg is an icon. I was watching a video about this the other day. Steven Strasburg is one of the faces of the Washington Nationals when you think about it from an organizational perspective of all time, not even just now, of all time. Where does the future lie ahead for Steven Strasburg? I don't really know. Because, guys, that's a, kind of a tricky question. You're starting to get into things to where if you don't really have a medical degree or a medical background, 
I don't think you really know what the future lies ahead for Steven Strasburg because this is someone who also doesn't know what the future lies ahead for. We don't know if he can pitch again. He doesn't know if he can pitch again. Can he stay healthy? If he does stay healthy, will that continue? Will their pain? Will all their, who knows? That's what I'm trying to say. And so a goal for him would be, let's stay healthy. Let's stay healthy. Hopefully you recover well. Hopefully you can be there for spring training. And let's see what he can do. But then again, I'm not going to lie with you. From what I see here now, I just see him retiring eventually at some point. Because how often do you want to do this rehab process? How much more do you have in the tank to really talk about this and really just be answered by a bunch of medical professionals all day, every day? You have to get clearance to do whatever you want to do. There's a lot of different things to ask about this Steven Strasburg situation. And then again, you try to think about it and what it can mean. Will he pitch again? And that's a question we do have to ask about that, which is super, super unfortunate. But now I want to talk about a top pitching prospect in the 2023 MLB draft that he was compared to one of the better college pitching prospects of all time. And guys, I'm going to crown him a curly W hat after this. I can guarantee you this. He's going to the Nationals at number two overall in this coming draft. But before that, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. And as I was plugging about a prospect that was compared to one of the better starting pitching prospects out of college of all time. And guys, you know who that person is? The best starting pitching prospect out of college? That is number 37 for the Washington Nationals, Steven Strasburg. And who was compared to that the other day? By Jonathan Mayo of MLB Pipeline, one of the main marquee writers across MLB Pipeline that all they do is rank prospects and discuss prospects for a living. Chase Dollander, the right-handed pitcher from the University of Tennessee. He said that he's heard from scouts that Dollander might be the best starting pitching prospect out of college since Steven Strasburg or Garrett Cole. And right now, as we sit here today, January 3rd, 2023, that sounds weird. He is projected to go number two overall to the Washington Nationals behind Dylan Cruz. And guys, hearing that from Jonathan Mayo, 
I wouldn't even be surprised if this guy goes number one. If you're telling me he is the best starting pitching prospect out of college since Steven Strasburg, then guys, what are we doing? How is this guy not going to go number one? Dylan Cruz is a projected number one overall pick now. But then again, if you're going to be comparing someone to the Prosberg that Steven Strasburg was, that person should be going number one overall. And if he falls to us at number two, which a lot of projections are saying that he will be there, oh my gosh. And even then, this is a win-win situation for the Nats. You're either going to have Dylan Cruz there or Chase Dollander. Both are starting to get a ton of hype around them. And some people are saying that this is the best one-two punch in the MLB draft in a long time. Some people are saying since 2014 or 2015, maybe. So, guys, keep your eyes up. Eyes on the prize. There's two college prospects that are in the top two that, one, will be quick to develop, and, two, there is a ton of hype around them and the Nationals will be landing either or this coming draft in July. So, guys, Steven Strasburg 2.0, sign me up for the prospect. Obviously, he's had a lot of injuries in his career, but then again, we're looking beyond that at this point. We're looking at the potential. He's not going to have the injuries that Strasburg has had, hopefully. But, man, if you're going to be comparing him to the best college pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg, Sign me up. Thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. So next episode, you're going to catch me talking about more of the 2023 season. But now you can make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospect. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and wherever you get your podcast. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good day.